You're listening to the midweek service from Harvest Bible Church. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Mark Butler. To learn more about us, please visit harvestbibleonline.org. I wanted to uh, make sure that all you parents knew, are all the parents, are you listening? (laughs) If you're listening, raise your right hand. I see two of you. Um, we are raising money in the children's department for uh, missions. It's uh, Kevin and Narini Castro in uh, Mumbai, India. And maybe some of you already are aware of that. But if you're not, I want to make you aware of that. That please uh, uh, bring, have your children bring their offerings on Wednesdays and Sundays. All that money is going to Mumbai, India. And uh, we are purchasing two computers for their ministry. And, you know, we are really trying to uh, put within the heart of our children a heart for missions. Amen. Amen. And, um, you know, believe in God that we're teaching them what missionaries are. And maybe some of them will grow up and become a missionary of of sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ to foreign nations. So there is um, also in the back, these flyers are back there. And um, I encourage you, you can, you know, if you don't have children, but you'd still like to, you know, to give towards this. Uh, missions trip, you know, you can just fill out an envelope and put HBC kids and then that money will go to um, to the missions. But I do ask you to take one of these so that you can pray for, um, yes, for them, That's the right. Castros yes. in uh, Mumbai, India, because yes. boy, they need, um, they need prayer. So anyway, thank you so much. All right, kiddos, let's all stand and I'm going to head out and you can follow me out, okay? She's doing double duty tonight. She's going to lead worship and she's going to go do the kids. So praise the Lord. She's got it going on here. <laughs> I told her they could stay and listen to me. She said, nah, you're too boring. Now you got to go with me. So that's okay. <clears throat> See where I stand here. It's all good. No, it's going to be good. We're believing God for good things on Wednesday nights and getting all of the kids are precious. Yeah. You know, one of the things the Lord spoke to my heart many, many years ago, he said, listen, if you give to missions and you take care of your kids and your youth, you'll always have money. You'll always have a supply. And you know, after 42 years, I can honestly say that's truth. You know, praise God, we, you know, we support 27 uh, ministries monthly. Our children's church, whether you guys know this or not, but for the last seven years have supported an orphanage in the Philippines at $100 a month. Our children's church does that. Now, see, that's when you don't give them money. It doesn't matter. I support them, but it works out good. We give them credit. Okay, as far as the missionary and all the kids over, they know, they know that all the kids at Harvest Bible Church love them. And uh, it's an incredible mission, and it's wonderful. It's, uh, you know, uh, over there, and it's, uh, it's through a, uh, an organization called uh, Heaven's Family, and it's a really cool, cool thing, and they're doing a great job, and it's a blessing. And that's one of the things. See, we've been here for 27 years, and so every year we add a new missionary. So next January, we're going to add another one. We'll, we'll announce that we're supporting 28. You say, well, how can we do that? Because God's good. <sighs> Amen? And uh, uh, so we like to sow. We like to give. We're a blessing. Thank you for those that, that brought in stuff already for all the fire victims. We had a truckload today that we loaded up and loaded out today. And many of you brought stuff tonight. So I'm going to call them back and say, I got another truckload. That, you know, that you're needing you know, sleeping bags and towels and water and pillows and uh, clothing of all kinds. Uh, for those of you that don't know, I mean, this next trip is probably going to go up to Carson City and then Reno because it's on the California-Nevada line going that way. 
way and uh, different things that are have the fire. So they're, they're, you know, everybody's being uh, displaced. So we want to be a blessing. We're still helping all those that have been. Amen? We need to, you need to reach out. So if you've got things you can do, bring them here. We'll get it to them. Uh, we praise God for that. I love to give. I love to sow. I, I do. I love to help people. It's wonderful, you know. It's so amazing that in the midst of all of the things that have gone on, you know, we didn't, not one time have we ever stopped supporting our missionaries. You know, not one time in all of the history of our church or anything, we've continually given and given and given. And uh, I made a, a promise of that. I, you know, hey, they needed to do that. We've, we've stopped. We've had to cut back on some things, but God has always been faithful. Amen? And all of our missionaries are like, woo, we love you. And uh, see, that means, here's the thing. There is no place in the world that you can't get stranded that I can't get help to you within 24 hours. Oh, amen. That I know somebody in every country of the world. Isn't that a cool thing? The family of God. Literally, I don't care where you're at. You can name any country. I don't the smallest. But I can get somebody to you, you know, within 24 hours and get you home. Get you up. You know, these people would lay down their lives for you because they're my friends. I mean, that's a blessing. You know, you praise God for that. So I thank God for that. I thank God for you guys. So when you get to heaven, you're going to have these just boatloads of people welcoming you. And you're going to go, I don't remember even doing any of this. But because you're here... You're going to get all that credit. Aren't you glad? Amen. So we thank God for that. So I just want to thank you. Uh, it's, it's wonderful. It's awesome. God is doing great things. Hey, if you brought your Bibles, turn to Romans chapter 5. We're going to kind of kick, uh, piggyback on Sunday's message about finding our voice. I just know in my heart we're supposed to find our voice. Uh, tonight's message is called, Where Grace is Poured Out. You know, when you find your voice, you'll find out where grace is poured out. You'll find some things that, that you need to grab a hold of. Here in Romans chapter 5 and verse 20, it says this, you know, it says, Moreover, the law, ordered, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounds, grace did much more abound. Aren't you glad that no matter what sin is going on, no matter what's taking place, you know, thank God there's always more grace to be applied. The interpretive translation of this, and the reason I say interpretive, because a Greek scholar kind of expanded it, but let me read this to you. For wherever sin exists in abundance and is multiplying and constantly expanding. Now, how many of you know that just described our last two years, okay? (laughs) Wherever sin exists and is in abundance and is multiplying and constantly expanding, That is precisely the time and the place where grace is poured out in a far greater and surpassing quantity. Aren't you glad? Glory to God. Amen. (laughs) It's truth. We are in the, the most exciting times right now. Because sin is abounding everywhere. I just did a two week trip, did 4,700 miles. 4,700 miles. I know that because I just did the, the oil change before we left, and now we've got to do another one. Okay? And I thought, golly, that's it every 5,000 miles, and, and it's only got about 300 left on it to get there. So that's how I know exactly how much it was. And when I look at that, I go, wow. Because, see, here's the thing. We, we crying out for God's grace, crying out for God's mercy, and God's grace is his ability in us and through us and to give us so that we can conquer, we can overcome all the obstacles that we have. Amen. Aren't you glad God never leaves you nor forsakes you? And how many of you know there's an enemy out there? There's an enemy. Go over to John chapter 10. 
in verse 10. I'm going to talk to you, but I'm also talking to you about your voice because we need to understand when you find your voice, and, and when I say that, it sounds kind of uniquely, but all that simply means when you get the scriptures in your mouth, the scriptures in the word of God in your mouth is the same as the word of God in God's mouth. God said it, and it, it, it happened. How many, how many of you ever looked at it? Do you know God never did anything he didn't say first? He didn't. If you look at Genesis chapter 1, nine times God said, and it was so. But God said it before he did it. Every time. He didn't just do it. God never just did anything. He always said it, and then he did it. See, the key is, is that you've got to understand the way God operates. You've got to understand the way God operates is the way we're supposed to operate. So we've got to say it and then follow up on it. And that's the hardest thing because we don't want to say it because what if it don't happen? We don't want to say anything because we don't want to even know that if we're trying this or doing it. But when you say God's word and then you follow it with the actions of God's word, God honors his word. Now, John 10.10 is a very familiar passage of scripture. The thief comes not but to steal, kill, and to destroy. But I've come that you might have life and that you might have life more abundantly. Amen. But I want to give you the interpretive translation of that. And what this, and, I, and I got the interpretive translation I get from a guy by the name of Rick Renner. He's a Greek scholar. And he brings out everything. I mean, he can just take one scripture and preach for months on it because he does all this stuff. It's amazing. I mean, I've got two of his uh, you know, uh, sparkling gems, everyday things, and they're just, it's amazing. He's awesome. He's brilliant. And uh, wonderful guy. And I had the joy of going to Greece with him and him being my guide, him and Tony Cook, uh, at, at while we were there with the group. And it was just so a blast for 10 days. That was such an awesome time. And anyways, but he, he just it, it, he just has some great insight into the Word of God. And this is just with the, what the Greek says. So let me read this to you. This is John 10.10. 10. The thief wants to get his hands into every good thing in your life. In fact, this pickpocket is looking for any opportunity to wiggle his way so deeply into your personal affairs that he can walk off with everything you hold precious and dear. And that's not all. When he has finished stealing all your goods and possessions, he'll take his plan to rob you blind to the next level. He'll create conditions and situations so horrible that you'll see no way to solve the problem except to sacrifice everything that remains from his his previous attacks. The goal of this thief is to totally waste and devastate your life. You'll end up feeling as if you are finished and out of business. Make no mistake. The enemy's ultimate aim is to obliterate you. Now that doesn't sound too nice at all. Sounds terrible. And that's what we got an enemy against us. We do. But let's read the rest of the verse. Jesus said this. He said, but I came that they, that you might have, keep, and constantly retain a vitality, a gusto, a vigor, a zest for living that springs up from deep down inside you. I came that they or you might embrace this unrivaled, unequaled, matchless, incomparable, richly loaded, and overflowing life to the ultimate maximum. That means we've got to celebrate life. That sounds pretty good. So I want to leave you on that. Listen, the enemy is against us. His whole nature is he cannot stand for you to have anything or to be anything. See, what you have to understand, what we are coming down to the, to the end of the age and what we're coming down to for the rapture of the church, for the second coming of Jesus, the world is going to hate you like it hated Jesus. 
You got to understand that. And it's not because you did anything. The only reason it's going to hate you because of who you are. Because you're a Christian. You see, we see that. We see those things. Why can't people get along? Because your very existence and the Jews' very existence means that the world is convicted of sin. Means there is a God. (laughs) There is a supreme being and who sent his son. And because we believe that because of what God is doing in our lives, they cannot handle it. And see, that's the sad thing about it is that it's not about, oh, why do we have this mandate, somebody forcing something down of our throat? You have to do this or you lose your job. Come on. You know, and for those of you that need letters, uh, I was given things. I have a letter that I'll sign and do everything. And I put my name and my phone number on it. And anybody, your bosses can call me. And I love to talk to them. Might get you fired, but I love to talk to them. Okay, you know, but you're, I'm, I'm willing to step out and sign the letters and do whatever you need because there's no. Now listen, if, if here's the thing, everybody who wants to, to do those things wants to get the shot. Praise the Lord. That's what you work out your own salvation. But why cram? We're not making it. You know, we're not making anybody get saved. You can't make anybody get saved. You lead them up there and say, if you want Jesus, pain. If you don't, see. But the problem with the world is, see, the world can't handle that. So you can say, well, why don't you just do this? Why don't you handle this? They can't. You have to be like them. You have to go to hell with them. And I just don't. Listen, if you want to go to hell, go to hell. I'm not going to hell. That sounds terrible, but I've told that to a lot of people. I said, listen, it's okay if you want to go. You want to be sick. You want to be defeated. You want to be depressed. It's your choice. But they get really mad when you're happy. They get really mad when you're full of joy. They really do. Now, now, see, I don't know about, I don't know why, but my life, I have been yelled at and cussed out because, just because I'm smiling, because I'm happy. You see, you're kidding. No, 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 I'm serious. People, they're like, you're not allowed to be that happy. Well, I'm sorry, I am that happy. Why? Because of what the Word of God says. I'm not trying to get on a high horse here, but what I'm trying to, the devil is against us. And we have got to stand our ground. We've got to know we have a right to shout and to praise and to worship. We have a right to speak our, what the word of God says. We have a right to stand our ground. Amen. And to declare the truth of the word of God. So, you know, that's my little spiel right there. Hallelujah. Along that time. Now, uh, let me just share something with you. God wants to use your voice to locate you. Somebody said this one time that your voice is your address in the spirit. So if your voice is your address in the spirit, if God wants to get things to you, then you've got to be getting your address out there, which means you've got to get your voice out there. You know, Psalms 45 verse 1 says that we need to have our, 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 make our mouth as the pen of a ready writer. What does that mean? Are you ready to write a new chapter? Are you ready to write some more chapters? Are you ready to write a really great, exciting, awesome chapter in your life and finish strong, change the ending of what could have been and what should have been to what is and what can be? Amen? Because that's what God tells us to do. You know, I, I mean, I, I just cried. I said, make my, make my tongue the pen of a ready writer so I can write out all of these things or write out the tablets uh, on the heart. Because the Bible says to write the vision out. That's why, you know, every year I, we'd always talk about the vision. Like, what are you looking at? What do you want to see? What do you want to see God's hand to do? Amen? Hallelujah. You know, it's, it's so amazing when you begin to take hold of what the Word of God says, it changes everything. Because believe it or not, words are the most powerful things in the world. You know that because 
People got on national TV, got on everything and said, we got a pandemic, everybody got to stay home, and everybody, and the whole world shut down by words. They said, well, don't you think this is a pandemic? Sure I do. Do you think, yeah, I've seen people, we're praying, I'm praying for somebody right now, trying to keep them alive. I've prayed a lot of people back into health. I'm believing God, yes, it's a very serious thing. But the key is that we've always had serious stuff. But it, words, words shut everybody down. Isn't that amazing? Guess what's going to open everybody up? Good job for the week three that did that. Praise God. <laughs> words, okay? We got, listen, I was, I was talking to another minister uh, yesterday, and we were talking and sharing, and, and, I, and I, I asked some questions, I, I started, and then he started just really going and preaching, and God started anointing them, and it was really cool because I was just listening and listening to what he was saying, and it was so cool. But one of the things that he said that was just really good, he said, you know, I was at this place, we were praying, and I was listening to everybody else pray, and I kept thinking, man, they're all praying the problem, and they're all praying this, and, 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 and I said, Lord, what's going on? You know, what are we going to do? He goes, well, I'm just waiting for somebody to give me something I can work with. I'm waiting for somebody to give me some faith. I'm waiting for somebody to give me something that they'd like to see happen. Uh, he goes, we all know what's going on. I, I, I know what's going on. God knows what's going on. How do you know God knows what's going on? We don't have to tell him what's going on. We need to tell him what we believe needs to happen in the situation. We need to speak words of life. We say, God, this is what needs to happen here. This is what needs to We say, need to, Lord, I'm believing for this to take place. I'm going to give you something to work with from your word. Amy, can you understand that? That's why we got to speak. That's why we got to take over. People say, why are you so optimistic? Why are you so up? Because glory to God, the best is yet to come. Because we're about to bring back the king. We're about to see the glory and the power of God. Yes, the the earth is going to get worse and worse and worse. But the church is going to get brighter and brighter. God's about to do some miracles, signs and wonders. God's about to open. See, because in the middle, when you see sin and you see all this stuff, and it looks like it's all going crazy, Woo, that's where grace is about to show up. I mean, anointing's about to come. Miracles and deliverance, amen? Hallelujah. I mean, glory to God. God moves upon people's hearts. Aren't you glad? Praise God. I was so thankful to see what, you know, Glenn Beck got together, got $20 million to go get 5,100 Christians out of Afghan, you know? But $15 million of that, and the plane that did it was Kenneth Copeland's. See, we all get mad. Oh, there's a name and a claim it guy. Get rid of him. Everything else. Kenneth Copeland happens to be a great man of God. And he didn't tell anybody about anything. He got his plane. He got all of his buddies' planes. They got all of the Christians' planes. He put up $15 million. Said, let's go get him. And he didn't tell anybody. And they went and got him, got him out. And he'll get blasted for it. <laughs> It'll be like, well, what? Spent all that money getting people out of it. God bless him. See, we get all frustrated and upset about things, you know, because we're mad, you know. But thank God for people who actually take hold of the Word of God. Amen? Take hold of the Word of God and say, this is what I want to do, you know? Somebody told me a story today, and I'm gonna, it's just a blessing story. It's about a young lady that was in the Ukraine, who, and I'm going to tell his story because it's so good. He's, he's the man that's doing all the stuff, taking everything up to all the fire victims. He said he was over there, and, she, and this lady said, I want to make money. I want to do some things, and she just so happened she spoke English. He said, well, teach English. Put little three-by-five cards and put them in places and do some things and, and do this and just start telling people you can actually teach them how to do English over there. So she did. 
He comes back the next year. He said, I want to make more money because I want to send missionaries. I'm supporting five families right now. I want to do this more. He comes back the next And she just kept making, making, and doing, and blessing, and doing. So she was supporting you know, a whole bunch of families. And God began to continually bless her in everything she was doing and having tremendous amount because she wanted to honor God and do things just on the base of, just because she knew how to speak English. <laughs> and heard and so everybody wanted to learn how so she said good and they paid her five dollars and she ended up making I think he told me three hundred thousand dollars a year not bad an American money not bad y'all would like to make that I'd like to make that he said how can that happen just because she was serving God and giving and blessing and doing because she knew what to do and when he did that she started to bless and to give and to sow you know, the thing about we look at this and we see things, God wants to open up our hearts. So, but we've got to give God something to work with. Amen? So we've got to give God. Well, was God just sitting around waiting for somebody to say something he can actually work with? See, words are still the most powerful things in the world. You know, Isaiah 55.11 says, So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish the thing whereunto I sent it, and it will prosper in it. That's a, you know, the backbone of prayer and understanding. God said some things. He spoke his whole word for us to take hold. So he said, if we'll do that, the same word, we'll grab it, and we'll begin to speak it out. It gives God access to work. He wants to work. He wants to move. He wants to manifest. How you remember that Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 3 says that the whole world were framed by the word of God. See, every time I get up and, it, and I see that the day is here and that the sun rose up, I know that the word of God is still full of life because the whole world is held together by what God said. So that means what God said, everything else is true too. Amen? If, you, if, we, if we're here, then the word of God still works. Amen? So we can take hold of this word and it changes us. And I'm, you know, the Bible says that God won't break his covenant and he won't alter one word of it. Why is it so important to know the Bible? It's so important to know because that's what God told us to talk about. That's what God told us was ours. Amen? That's where the creative power comes from, by just saying, hey, God, you said this. How about this happening? He said, I'd love to do that. Let's do it. Amen? God gave us so much about our voices. God gave us so much about his word, and he told us this was how we're going to take, take hold of his word and bring it into pass. How many of you know that you didn't get saved without words? The Bible says that God chose the foolishness of preaching to bring salvation to people. You heard something, you believed something, and you acted on it. Romans 10, 9 and 10. Amen? The Bible says if we believe in our heart and we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus, we shall be saved. Can't be saved without saying words. There's so many people, they believe things, they know things to be true, but they never make it a part of their life and just speak out what God says. See, because we want grace, we want the power of God. Grace is the power of God. That's God's toward us, you know. Somebody said, you know, grace is God's grip on us, which, thank God, you know, faith is our grip on God, but God's grip on us is his grace and his mercy. Thank God his grip's a whole lot stronger than our grip. (laughs) See, because it's the word of God abiding in us that, causes us to take hold. I want you to go to John chapter 15 and verse 7. I want, to, I want to share something. I want to get this on the inside. I want you guys to know we don't have to have any fear. We don't have to be afraid of anybody, anything, or anything that's going on. We don't have to stake a second place. We can stand up and declare the word of God, and we're going to watch God do miracles. 
You know, my first response is always to act in the flesh. That's not a good way to go. It isn't. My first response is always, okay, let's just, just, you know, let's just go. They want to fight. Let's just get a fight. But that's not the right way to do it. We need to let God fight our battles. And we need to rise up in the spirit because our battle is not a fleshly battle. It's a spiritual battle. Amen. Because the Bible says that the flesh profits nothing. <laughs> and the spirit is what profits. But in John chapter 15 and verse 7, and I'm reading out of the King James Version. I brought up my old King James. You know, I've got, you know, I've got 20 some odd Bibles, okay? So, but I just, you know, I brought this one out. I said, hey, and this one says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Now, I don't know about you, but this got, I got a red letter edition here. And Jesus Christ, the son of the living God said, if I abide in him and his word abides in me, I shall ask what I will and it shall be done unto me. Everybody wants to put things in there. Well, yeah, but you got to make sure of this. You got to do all the. See, the key is I abide in him because I'm born again. So, man, if he'd have just said that, that'd have been great. But he didn't just say that. He said, his word has to abide. His word has to live in me. His word has to, his word has to re- reside in me because I'm going to ask according to his word. Amen. So that's why the Bible says the word is so important that we take on. He said, in verse 8 says, Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciples. That means God is so excited when we get our prayers answered. Amen. Our prayers avail much. Don't ever, ever think that praying, hallelujah, glory to God, don't ever think that prayer doesn't work. Don't ever think that you're asking, you're standing. You stand. Having done all to stand, you stand. You continue to say, God, this is what your word says. I'm going to stand on your word. This is what your word says. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I thank you, Father God, for what you're doing. Amen. Because I want to bring great glory to God. You know, think of this. I think it's all going to mess up. We think that if we, if we don't do a lot of things, we're going to bring glory to God. But it's what we do in saying and declaring that brings glory to God to get our prayers answered. See, this is all about, you know, where is glory poured out? It's poured out right in the midst of all the craziness. It's in the midst of all the sin. It's in the midst of when you need it. Listen, man, are we in a perfect place for miracles, signs, and wonders. Well, I mean, isn't that, it's just awesome to believe. It's like watching God and unveil this thing and say, God, Lord, this is what we're going to do. See, because when you use scriptures like this, everybody gets nervous. Now go over to 1 John chapter 5. Go to 1 John chapter 5. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Aren't you glad that I'm going to get you out on time? Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. First John chapter five, verse 14. Now this is just, and the reason I share this is because we have to, we have to stir our hearts and we have to understand that faith is the only thing that's going to overcome the world. You guys do know that. In first John chapter five, you know, verse three, it says, for this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not grievous for whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world. Our faith. Our faith is how we overcome the world. Amen? It's the only way. Then he says, who is he that overcomes the world? But he that believes that Jesus is the Son of God. 
So you overcome the world by your faith. That's the only way you can. Now jump down to verse 14. He said, and this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desire of him. I love John. He was very positive. We know, we know, we know. He didn't say maybe, maybe, maybe. He said, we know, we know, we know. He said, we know, we know this. Now go over to Hebrews chapter 10. You know, Hebrews chapter 10. I can quote all these things to you and we can just have a great time and you just sit there, but I want you to look at it in your Bible. Hebrews chapter 10. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 35 says, cast not away, therefore your confidence. First John five fourteen says, this is the confidence that we have in him. Hebrews 10, 20, 35 says, cast not away your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. For you have need of patience that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. Doing the will of God is speaking the word of God. Doing the will of God is taking hold of the truths of the word of God and allowing his word to be the final authority in our life. Amen. That's why when we take hold of this, it's so vitally important that, that we realize we have got to speak words of life. We do not need to be newscasters. We need to be forecasters. Okay? We don't need to be newscasters. We don't need to tell what's going on. Everybody knows what's going on. They know you know we need to repeat what's going on. We need to declare what's coming. Amen? We need to begin to declare it's beginning to rain. Spiritually and naturally in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Listen, if you've never been in a Midwest thunderstorm that you get three inches of rain in an hour, I've been in three of those now this year where you get, you get three inches of rain in an hour. Three inches of rain in an hour is, is, is amazing. It's a monsoon. It's, it's like you can't, it's amazing how much rain's coming down. And I'm like, Lord, we just need one of these. We haven't had three inches of rain in three years. <laughs> and they're getting, they're getting three inches in an hour. I said, you can do this, you know. Now they got what in New York when they got they, remember, did you did you hear the news? They wrote other things. They got biblical rains, is what they said. They don't even believe in the Bible. And then guys, the New York Times, the Washington Post said, we got biblical rains. What's wrong with these people? I mean, they would never acknowledge, but now well, I think they got what, nine inches or something in a just a matter. I mean, even more than that, just you know, if you've ever been in one of those, you're like, Hey, this, I mean, for us that don't ever get it, we're like, this is so cool. You can't even see. You can't drive. You got to pull over to the long side of the road. I mean, it's coming. It's like somebody sitting on top of you with two water hoses. Your windshield wiper, they ain't working. It's just, you're done. You just have to pull over and say, well, this has got to go by because it's raining so hard. I mean, you just see it. And we need a couple of those. And God can do that. I've been just declaring that, that God's doing it. And there's going to be changing the weather patterns. I've been forecasting. I have been. I've been saying, hey, we need this. I live here. And God, I know now you want me to stay here because you gave me this crazy place. So now I got to be here. So now we got to change it even more. Because <laughs> I ain't going. So we're here till Jesus comes. So you got to do this. Amen. 
And I believe that. I said, no, I'm here. As long as I'm here, there's going to be blessing. There's going to be grace. There's going to be the goodness of God because he promised it. Hallelujah. I believe that. I said, well, who do you think you are? I'm a child of God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And I'm going to hold fast to my confession of faith. I'm going to take hold and I'm going to cast away my confidence, which has great recompense of reward. Glory to God. If you back up to the 23rd verse, he says, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering or the confession of our faith. For he is faithful that promised. Amen. I believe that. I am believing with all of my heart that he, we've got to give him something. I don't care how bad everybody wants to curse our state and everything else. I want to believe God. God's causing revival. He's got us here. They need it. We're not sent to those that are whole. We're sent to those that, that need a physician. They need. So we're here to proclaim truths from the word of God. Amen. And we're here to be a light. It's shining and declaring. Hallelujah. So for the rest of the world, not just even for us, but for everybody else that we're coming in contact with. Amen. Amen. But we've got to be able to control our tongue. See, because where's grace going to be poured out? Grace is poured out where you find your voice. Grace is poured out where sin is all around you, but you begin to speak words of life. You begin to decree what God says, what you're doing. You know, the Bible says in James chapter 1 and verse 26, it says, if we claim to be spiritual or religious, but we don't control our tongue, then we're just fooling ourselves. Our religion or our faith is worthless. That's what the New Living Translation says. You say, well, that's not very much fun. Well, here it is. The problem is, is that this is not a one-time thing. This is a continual, here's what God's doing. Here's what God's going to do. You watch and see. Because we believe that. Amen? We got to be like Elijah on Mount Carmel when we go to pray and we send the servant out and, 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 and he comes back and says, what did you see? Nothing. Go back. I didn't see it. Go back again. I'm going to pray again. Go back again. He comes. Seven times he did that. And on the seventh time he says, well, I don't, all I see is a little bitty cloud about the size of my hand. And Elijah jumps up and he says, hey, you better go tell King Ahab it's about to rain like crazy. The guy's like, dude, it's a little cloud that's way up. It's about to rain. And before they got down, the whole cloud, sky clouded up, and it rained. And the Spirit of the Lord came on Elijah, and he outran the king's chariot. I mean, the and, the, and it rained. Hallelujah. Now, we know he did that at the word of the Lord. But how many of you know that God spoke to us, that we have the opportunity to speak to the weather? We have the opportunity to speak to the circumstances that are going around. Glory to God. We have the opportunity to let God's word be magnified. Because you need to understand this. The reason that everything's so out of control and the reason that everything got so magnified so fast is because everybody sided in with what the devil was saying and doing. And that's what he wanted. He wanted to get everybody saying what he wanted. Everybody got sided in with fear. Everybody got I mean, we had every news station, every social media, everybody was declaring, we're all going to die. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're in trouble. Come on. We saw that. We've weathered the storm. Yeah, they got all of these other things, you know. Well, they got this, they got that. Yeah, you know, they got everything. They've always had everything. But we need to understand what the word of God says. We need to take hold of what God said about it. We got to get his word because if you don't have God's word, then you don't have any faith because faith is in the word of God. See, when, when word is absent, faith is absent. See, the Bible says in Psalms, you know, uh, 
119, I think verse 89, it says, you know, Lord, forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. God's word is settled in heaven. But it's not settled on the earth for you unless you agree with it, say it, and act on it. Amen? I'm not trying to be harsh, but what I am trying to is that Harvest Bible Church, we're going to have a voice, and we've got a voice, and we've got a very loud voice that people are so excited about what you've done. You said, well, what have we done? You showed up. You actually showed up. We stayed open. We've declared God is super, like I said, God supernaturally gave this to us. We were able to do it and get it. I mean, it's a miracle of God. God's sustaining us. God's blessing us. He's going to continue. His hand is upon us, and we are going to shout it from the housetop. And we're being, you know, it's amazing. I mean, I've just heard even recently different times, people say, well, I use you guys. You guys are like the great testimony. If I be like I said, I told you people call me, hey, I want to share with all my ministry friends. I want to share with everybody. And I really all I, I don't have really much to say except for God did it. How did he do it? I don't know. He just did it. He just kind of dropped it in our lap. It just worked. It just did. Everything just kind of went. And there it is. I wish we could say, well, now we did this. We fasted. We prayed. But we were praying. All of us were praying. We were believing God. I've been believing God for this for 27 years. In fact, I got... You know, when it happened, I was shocked because I'd given up. <laughs> Truly, I told the board that I said, you know, I've been praying for trying to get, I've been trying to purchase this crazy place, this particular, right here, this whole thing for years, years, I believe God, years I would ask him every time, I'd ask him all the time, send him, I got emails, I got texts, man, I could send out all the time trying to do things. And finally, I got out of the way and let somebody else do it, and God, God did it. I didn't know, if I'd have known I was in the way, I'd have stopped that last 20 years ago. So, Lord, why didn't you tell me I was in the way? We could have done this a whole lot better. <laughs> Amen. But God just wanted to do, he just wanted to show off. He wanted to let me know and let all of us know that there is nothing he can't do. In the midst, he can't do it. He can't, I mean, this, he's amazing. He's, I just want you to know that I really don't need you guys in this one sense, but I do need you to show up because it's so fun when you have it. Amen? Because here it is. Let's close with this. Do you know, one of the main secrets of faith, and I see one of my things is I got to make sure that people aren't losing their faith. They're not abandoning their faith because God, you know, Luke 18, 8 says, when the Son of Man comes back, is he going to find faith on the earth? And that's one of my mandates is to teach us subject, make sure that there is, that we're believing, that we're doing. But one of the great secrets of faith, one of the great secrets, you know, uh, of, of understanding these things here <laughs> about faith is that you got to continually say what God says. It's not continually saying something that you think you have, but you continually say what God says. You continually say about yourself what God says. You continually say about the situation that what God says. When the situation looks hopeless, yeah, glory to God. God bring God says, Lord, you can raise the dead. God, you can bring things back to life. How do, nothing's ever hopeless because of what your word says. All things are possible to him that believes. God does the impossible. So I never use my faith for the possible. My faith is always for the impossible because my faith is in you. Amen. It doesn't take any faith to do the possible. If you could, you do it, you just do it. 
But faith to do when get God to do and get God on the scene, God does it. God, you've got to bring it to pass. You got see what the great one of these great is you've got to continually speak what he says about the situation. That's why you get the word of God in you. That's why you get things on the inside of you. And you guard your mouth. Amen. Don't be snared with the words of your mouth. I want to read you some scriptures real quickly here, okay, that I think will just bless you. Because the Bible says a lot, and Proverbs is probably one of the best things. You ought to read Proverbs. Well, just read the Proverbs every day. You read all through, you know, through the book of Proverbs in a month. But here it is here, and I'm going to read these scriptures to you. Proverbs 12, 6 and verse 14 says this, A man shall be satisfied with good by the fruit of his mouth, and the recompense of a man's hands will render to him. Some people make cutting remarks, but the words of the wise bring healing. Truthful words stand the test of time, but lies are soon exposed. That's Proverbs 12, 18 and 19. Proverbs 14, 3 says, A fool's talk becomes a rod that beats him, but the words of the wise keep them safe. Amen? Then it says, a soft answer will turn away wrath, but harsh words will stir up anger. The tongue of the wise uses knowledge rightly, but the mouth of fools pours forth foolishly. A wholesome tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness in it breaks the spirit. The lips of the wise disperse knowledge, amen, but the heart of the fools doesn't do that. A man has, this is what I want to get to, a man has joy by the answer of his mouth. A word spoken in due season, how good is it? If you want joy and you want peace, you want strength, you want life, you've got to begin to speak what the word of God says about you. Because God said he'd never leave us or forsake us. God's going to be here. Guess what, folks? You do know that you read the back of the book, we win. You do understand that, all right? Jesus is about to come back, okay? I mean, he is. There's, you know, the rapture is signless, but the second coming has tons of signs, like 60, 70 different signs. It's showing all kinds of things, things that take place. I mean, and it is, everything is, is lining up for all of this stuff. Everything is lining up for it. I mean, praise God. I mean, it could be any day, any hour. Doesn't that else has to happen? I know that Brother Andrew, when he talked about, hey, there's still 6,000. I know that. But God already declared some things from the word of God about that too. But we don't want to get struggling in theology. All right. The key is, is that we need to be ready. And it's not an escape thing. It's just, we just need to go out and win the lost. We need to go out and share Jesus. How many of you know there are so many people out there that need to know about Jesus? Amen. And all it is is that it's not hard. We know, and those that don't want to, you just say, good day. No big deal. We thank God for that. Hallelujah. But we let the word of God, hallelujah, change our lives. So where is grace poured out? It's poured out right now. Grace, whatever it is that you need, grace is available. God's going to do miracles, signs, and wonders. And you don't have to worry about it. You know, the Bible tells us we're at the day, age and time that right now what we're supposed to be doing is that when we stand before men and they ask the reason of the hope that's within us, or we stand before them, we stand before people in authority, or we stand before judges, or we stand before things we've been brought before courts, we don't have to worry about what we're going to say because the Holy Spirit's going to give us the words to say. And it's going to astound us as it's going to astound them. And if you've never had that happen, if you've never had the Holy Spirit speak through you and you start talking and sharing and you're actually listening to yourself 
And you're amazed that you actually even know that because you don't know that, but by the Spirit you said it. And it just, it was such a, it was such a surprise to the person who heard it, and it was even more a surprise to you. It's, a, it's so, such a blessing that you realize God can use me. He used the donkey. He can use me. This is good. Amen. Guess what? God's going to be doing that. God's going to be doing that. So you better get ready for miracles, signs, and wonders. You better get ready because the grace of God is being poured out. So find your voice. Find the word. Find the scriptures that just bring life to you and just proclaim. Be a forecaster, not a newscaster. Amen? Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we honor you. We love you. We praise you. We thank you. You are such a great God. You are such a wonderful, loving, heavenly Father. Lord, we thank you for that. And Lord, we just rejoice in you. We praise you. And I thank you for everybody here and everybody watching. Father, my heart is, is that people would know how wonderful the Lord Jesus Christ is. That all that are watching, that would come across this uh, thing on, on YouTube or on our website or on Facebook, Father, that... It would just draw them in, that they would know that Jesus Christ is Lord, that they would find hope, and that they would make Jesus the Lord of their life. Lord, thank you for that. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Father, we honor you for it. We love you for it now. And I just thank you, Father, for everybody here, that they would just believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to be saved. Thank you for it now, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Thanks for listening to this podcast from Harvest Bible Church in Stockton, California. If you live in the area, we would love to have you join us at one of our services on Sundays and Wednesdays. You can check us out at harvestbibleonline.org for location and times. We hope to see you soon.